Hi, and welcome to Dad Flies Too Close to the Sun, DFCS for short. He's Rod. He's Josh. Each episode, one of us will pick a question that the other has no prior knowledge of. Topics can range from the deep to the truly mundane, and we'll do our best to answer them the way only a father and son know how, by talking over each other and never admitting the other's right. We hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome back. It's been five episodes since the last time we discussed the story that Josh and I want to write together. A story without a title or characters or anything yet so yeah. far. We've, I think, kind of agreed on a small town in the last episode yeah. and with a sort of steampunk, dystopian, neon, smoky, dark look to it. A little almost... Uh, overt and it's kind of neonness and kind of almost comical because it's a town of factories that produce like novelties and attractions for a bigger city nearby that they've yeah, like lost Las contact. Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas has thing where the city, the town that the story's set in, is a town of fact. Yeah, factories that just make the signs or the fairground attractions. Yeah, so you could have one factory. I mean, it gives it a look if you've got car parks that are overflown as orders got cancelled with merry-go-rounds or giant heads, and you walk through these kinds of places. But then even on a kind of the streets themselves, because they have an overabundance of neon lighting and stuff like that, people have just decided in this kind of apocalypse, you know what, I'm just going to decorate my house with yeah. a thousand neon lights. And Christmas so like, decorations. Exactly. And so we're going to talk about character, not even main characters, any of that. Yeah. We're going to what people actually populate this town. Like, where are they from? Like, are they all these sorts of factors? What are their accents like? Exactly. We think that hopefully they'll maybe contrast the town a little bit or even emphasise aspects of it. Yeah. I suppose it's interesting. We're thinking maybe Victorian-style buildings and yet we're talking about a town outside Las Vegas. So in itself, I'm not sure if that would match the reality just now. But it doesn't have to be outside, like, actual Las Vegas. No, it's, but it's the a idea, a, a sort of similar, I guess, casino lots of neons, lots of signs yeah. kind of thing. Because I think, just to stay on saying for a longer, I think probably just from our experience, it might be better to base it in the United Kingdom or an equivalent United Kingdom yeah. place because it's something more we can speak to. And I think good stories have to be written from an experience that's relatable to the author. I'm sure there's plenty of authors in the world who write about things they have no relationship to and they're probably good but some of the best authors even like horror and fictional like Philip K. Dick and stuff like that wrote from their kind of experience of fears or what they've relate what they've experienced in life and so I think maybe keeping it in the UK yeah. or Scotland specifically is maybe not a bad idea so it doesn't have to be Las Vegas then. No but I yeah. kind of like that kind of idea and I think the visuals of like in my head, I like to visualize what it might look like having that sort of time where those things are produced, where you might walk to one car park and it's filled with donut vendor signs with big round holes. Yeah, like or, the Simpsons guy. Yeah, like the Simpsons guy or the heads of the Simpsons guy in another factory. And yeah, Christmas decorations, almost like different worlds in Westworld. You've got a Christmas yeah, land. different attractions and stuff yeah. like that. And then you go through creepy merry-go-rounds. Okay, so I think that's good. I think I think yeah. hopefully people who are listening have understood where we're going with this kind of setting. Here's here's a nice base question to think about, okay? Are people native to this town? Like, did this town exist before whoever the factory owners are came and built their factories here? Or did the town spring up from there? So do we have, for example, 
if it didn't spring up originally and there was like a small village here that became a town, does that mean that in the story there's a little section or street of 10, 10, 15 old people who are, or older people who are like, who never worked in these factories and never will and hate that kind of stuff because actually this was their town beforehand? Yeah. Or is it just that everybody came here before the apocalypse to work and that was it? And we're using the apocalypse as a wide term for something's happened, but we don't yeah, know what's we haven't happened. established that yet. Yeah, and we might not because the idea might be that we never actually give you the answers. Yeah, because maybe people are too absorbed in their own... As as I would suspect may be true for real apocalypses, that people would be so absorbed in their own kind of goings-on and their own life yeah, and life and time, that actually knowing what's going on in the wider world or what happened to the wider world might seem less important. I think that it's a good question that we should keep a sort of townies kind of old folks, traditional Scottish, because that gives us something to write to in terms generationally. So I think that having a group of older people who maybe were originally very welcoming of life coming to their dying town. Yeah, when they were younger and the town was getting better, they were excited to have new neighbours. Yeah, that's quickly changed. I think that's good. So some traditional older folk who would all be Scottish in that sense if we were based in Scotland. Yeah. And then perhaps a conglomerate, but for once the story is not going to be about this massive company it's not like they're evil it's just, perhaps yeah, it's more like they're insane a, because they're just kind of keeping going on as business yeah, as usual yeah it's a business as usual kind of thing well maybe not insane just assuming that things would get better or maybe just to make sure that people didn't go off the rails immediately by having some normality to their life and that's really the only role the company plays other than they ended up creating a much larger town for these kind of novelty neon signs. Yeah, they facilitated of, all this yeah. kind of the so setting they, they, that we've they built. built a town around a small village that became a town. That gives us a kind of corporation because what that allows you to do is everyone automatically assumes that the company is going to be responsible like the large company that's introduced early on. They're ultimately going to be the bad guys whereas we're not actually really going to focus on them. Just the idea that to perhaps keep the population in that town busy, they just kept them working, producing this stuff. So it gives our town that look of overflowing neon signs. and Yeah, it's almost still people are still having to go to work and do. Yeah. So maybe not all the people, because I, I, I do wonder if almost that... Like that sort of theming where it's like this whole town's going about things as business as usual doesn't necessarily facilitate a story that can be contained in the town. And it wouldn't be true, but there are some people that you just talk to in general life who they say, oh, if I won millions of dollars or pounds that I would still keep working. And you're like, there's no way you would. But maybe there are some people like that. So yeah. maybe some people and I wonder if would give, give be... meaning. We discussed meaning of life, I think, in a, a yeah. episode. To have that meaning, some people find fulfilling work. And maybe they enjoyed the craftsmanship of whatever they did. So, so I wonder people... if what could be interesting is we have another, like, I, for lack of a better word, faction of people who have, like, come to the realisation that the world is over and, like, why should they get working? It's almost like a protest faction, you know? It's like, even though, you know, like when workers go on strike and they're still, like, I think in the Ameri- in, in America they call them, like, scabs, the people that kind of come in when 
factory yeah, where union workers are yeah. yeah and so maybe that's what it's like maybe that's another kind of group and it's kind of this work, uh, working class set of people who came here who are like why are we still expected to come into work yeah when the whole world has come to an end and so it's almost pitting these two people against like the job loyalists yeah. who are like this is the job the job doesn't end just because the world has. And then there's these people who are like, I want to live a, my life for however long we have left for whatever's going on. I don't want to come in. You know, they still want to fight to maybe get more money or get whatever to try and yeah. actually make that life for them. And I wonder if people listening, they're sort of seeing themselves in the category of, yeah, there's no way I would go to work if the world as we know it. Out, especially outside of our time had ended but there might be other people who just love their work and couldn't see themselves not doing kind of crafts kind of type work or something they really love doing yeah perhaps there's also from the kind of what we i hope from what i hope people are understanding is that these kind of factories are almost like a willy wonka-esque cacophony of weirdness like inside them things are being created still that are progressively getting bizarre and bizarre because as orders are not coming in somebody has to decide what signs are getting made and so not even that it's not propaganda like we talked about in the last episode it's not anything like that but some designer in the arts department at this factory who's still coming into work every day is making progressively weirder requests yeah or there's just factory workers who are in there Maybe someone works with their dad, for example, and their dad says, no, you're coming in, and they'd rather be with this other faction. So when they make the big donut guy's head, he looks misshapen, his face when it comes out. So And we could progressively, as the story goes on, these creatures, these kind of artistic things that they've made, just become stranger and stranger. Yeah, it's almost like, I think what that could be an interesting marker of how the town is progressing. Like each... I guess because we're not writing this and we're talking it through, each episode of this thing or segment or whatever yeah. could begin with like a kind of look at or just, you know, a kind of whoever the main character ends up being or main characters end up being. It's kind of their comment on the fact that, yeah, last week these guys, they put out all these weird deformed looking snake neon things and they just left them on the sidewalk and now kids play on them like they're slides or jungle gyms or whatever. Yeah. But like they're bizarre and it just kind of, continues to get worse from there it's not like they're evil but like they're just progressively more macabre and messed up and that sort of thing and i i don't want to get rid of the propaganda so what if one of the factories is the propaganda sign producer and similarly to show deterioration of what's happening in the outside world these orders keep coming in and they progressively change throughout the story as well. So at first it's keep calm, stay safe, kind of idea signs. But then and then it's you must follow. But just to kind of push back your on something you said before you about the corporation not being the evil one. No, but the corporation's the one who created the town just to create these things. They're not an overarching yeah, sort of the, what I mean is like the factory itself, see, to me, at least from what you said, seems evil. Then at that point, if they're making propaganda to try and keep no, people... no, they're they're just they're just they're not doing it. There's outside orders coming from outside the town, and perhaps one oh. of the characters could be the person who comes along. You know just what? One single person 
from outside the town comes along and puts in the orders. But you know what could be interesting the is maybe just a little kind of thing, and not to, not to try and shrink down what you're saying, but just to kind of, I, I just thought of this, I don't think I've seen this before really. So this factory, which seems like it's going to be a big aspect of the story, like propaganda, like that, none of the propaganda comes to this town. It's always ordered from here, and like trucks come and leave. Yeah. But it's never oh, actually so we're not put, put up in the town. No, no, right. listen, because, yeah, because then it gives this whole mystery of like, Nobody knows what's, what's going, going on in the outside, outside world, yeah. but they're not getting any of what's going on. So they're almost like a forgotten town. It's like except whoever produces the the signs, I guess. Yeah, but like whoever's calling in to buy these signs or produce them doesn't like maybe perhaps doesn't remember that they're actually connected to a town, and so it's almost this this town forgotten has become a town. forgotten yeah. veil of like where the civilization died, kind of thing, and so. Yeah, none of the kind of it's almost a town outside, say, the totalitarian regime in like you yeah. there or something like that. If it had a totalitarian, yeah, or something like because that. Because that would be the interesting thing is literally it could be we wouldn't know who's ordering this stuff. Yeah, it could be the people. So it's not that they're necessarily the big bad in any sort of way because the people of the town are not experiencing, say, fact. Say we yeah. say every fact factory was like a faction in itself. This the propaganda one or whatever. It's more neutral than you would think. Like you think as soon as you say the word propaganda, you're like these are bad guys. Yeah, actually, no, no, they're not involved. They yeah, just basically produce. That's what I'm saying. They make it, but they yeah. it never actually affects the town almost yeah. in any way, other than the fact that these guys still get paid. I mean, they're just boringly making signs, so they rattle out these things in the thousands and prop them all up against the walls. Trucks come, you never actually see who the people are because they just, the doors open, they lift them up on their Yeah, it truck. could almost be a hyper-stylized uh, like, talking point where like the people who do come in these trucks are like masked up and almost look like they're prepared for the apocalypse, but because nobody knows in the town, yeah. like they could just be wearing, this could be their uniform, it could be that there's radiation everywhere and they have to wear it, or it could be that this stops them from being identified by the evil guys. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. Or or the, the sign corporation guys could just be dressed like your average Joe, just in a cap and overalls. Yeah. So, so it think... gives nothing away. But we can allude from time to time to what some of these signs say to let to give the reader an idea of what could or couldn't be going on outside. So, I think, so you it know, could be like, you must obey the rules. But then that could be a sign for a pond, so people don't fall in. Yeah, like that kind of old uh, no ball games and places yeah. matters, but like more serious. And so I think that gives us kind of a nice base of kind of characterization yeah. for the town to work with. I guess we'll have to decide what to move on to next for the next episode and five episodes. Yeah, thanks for but listening. Thanks for listening.